0: Greetings, Weary Wanderer, and welcome back to Lonely TTRPG, the solo actual play and review podcast. This week we are playing Fairyland Confidential by Nick Wiedig. Fairyland Confidential is a game that mashes up the genre conventions of film noir with legends and stories of fairy folklore. It's a role playing game for one player. You'll need a deck of regular playing cards with jokers, two dice of different colors, a set of rules, a victim sheet, a crime sheet, and some way to take notes. And this game should take about 30 minutes to an hour to play. So, in this game, you're going to be taking on the role of a detective hired to investigate a murder. You have six potential subjects. If you can narrow down the list to one name, then you will have identified your killer. A tableau of playing cards represents potential questions you might learn the answer to as you play. Each card has a question tied to it based on rank and suit. The face cards, Jack, King, and Queen, are tied to the crime and victim you choose. The other cards are the same for all scenarios. Now, if you draw an Ace from the deck, you get to save that card for later. And at any time, you can discard your Ace in order to re-roll one of your previous rolls. And Jokers are a surprise twist to the story that helps you out by lowering one of your two main stats, either Danger or Tribulation which we will talk about here in a minute. Now, for the rest of your setup, you have your two dice, and those represent tone, all right? One dice is going to be your fairy tone, and the other dice is going to be your noir tone. So when you're doing your scene, you're going to choose what tone you want, and you're going to roll that dice. Now, if you go with the fairy tone, we're talking about things like magic, enchantment, beauty, brightness, oaths, wonders, love without lust, promises, transformation, all of that good stuff. If on the other hand, you go with your noir tone, then we're talking corruption, violence, dirty money, corruption, stool pigeons, crooked cops, mobs, drugs, all the classics. And the last main thing you need to know is your ratings. And you have two ratings, your danger and tribulation. Now, danger is related to your noir theme and tone. Tribulation is related to your fairy tone. Now, Both Danger and Tribulation are going to start at 1, and as you're playing the game, if you decide to use your Noir tone and you have a failure, then that is going to increase your danger by 1. Same thing for Tribulation and your Fairy tone. If either of those ratings get up to 6, then the game is over, you have failed. If your danger gets up to six, then something potentially dangerous has happened. You have disappeared. You've been gunned down. If your tribulation gets up to six, then something magical has happened to cause you to disappear. You've annoyed the fey queen and she's turned you into a statue or a toad. You disappear into the fairyland, never to come back out. Now, before you set up your scene, you do have to set up your tableau. And in order to set up your tableau, what you're going to do is you're going to lay out six cards. Now, the first time you do this, you are going to remove any face cards, aces, or jokers. And you're going to shuffle those back into your deck. Now, once you have your six cards laid out, you're going to arrange them from lowest card to highest card. If you have two cards that are the same number, then you will then arrange them by suit. With clubs being the lowest, then hearts, spades, then diamonds. If you have any trouble remembering this, just think of the mnemonic chaste. Now, once you have your tableau laid out, then you can start your first scene. And to do that, you are going to roll both dice. And from those dice, you're going to choose the corresponding card and the corresponding suspect. Now, you can do this in any order that you want. So, if you roll a 2 and a 4, you can choose the second card and the fourth suspect or the fourth card and the second suspect. If you happen to roll doubles, then the suspect that you rolled for will be proven innocent. In addition, once you have a king or queen out on the board, if you roll for the king or queen, then that suspect will also be proven innocent. So you've rolled your dice, you've determined your question and your suspect. And now it's time to figure out how the answer is going to go. At that point, you choose what tone you want to use, either noir or fairy, and you roll that dice. If your die roll is equal to or lower than your current rating for danger or tribulation, then congratulations, nothing happens. If, on the other hand, it is higher, then at that point, you will raise your danger Or your tribulation by one and make sure you describe how that happens in your scene now when rolling for your question and suspect if you happen to have multiple innocent suspects and your role could indicate an innocent or a guilty suspect you have to choose the guilty suspect but if both potential suspects are innocent then the last question that you ask gets proven to be false in that scene And if that last question happened to prove the innocence of that suspect, then that suspect's innocence now goes away. And to end the game, you either find the criminal or you fail. Again, finding the criminal, you have proven the other five suspects innocent. Therefore, by process of elimination, the one you have left is guilty. Failure is when your danger or your tribulation reach six. Now, by the end of your gameplay, you are probably going to have a messy, messy plot. You're going to have questions all over the place. It's going to be really hard to tie everything back together. And that's okay. This game kind of expects that to happen. And it has a lovely story about the author of The Big Sleep, Raymond Chandler, and what happened when Hollywood contacted him to clean up one of his own plots. Basically, Chandler said, Hell, I didn't even know how that happened. It just happened. So if one of the great noir writers doesn't even know how their messy plats work, then you should definitely be fine. Now, at the back of the book, you're going to have six different cases. Three cases are going to be labeled the victim and three cases are going to be labeled the crime. So the victim case is going to give you who the victim is, who got murdered. The crime case is going to give you some information about a crime that happened that you now need to tie into the victim. Both cases are going to give you your six subjects. So, diving right on into gameplay, I have already chosen my crime and my victim through random roll. For my victim, I got too greedy and too deep. The victim, Monty Calder, Human Mining Magnet. He built up his mining company through shady business dealings and lucrative government contracts and a lot of underpaid fairy labor. Kobolds are mine spirits. They live underground and were notorious for scaring away miners and causing mine collapses. Calder had the bright idea to hire the kobolds as miners instead of humans. These mine spirits could sniff out veins of precious metal and were immune to mine collapses. And they didn't ask for much just some cobalt ore. Eventually, the kobolds realized they were being duped, though. Now, the mine is shut down by a strike. The kobolds won't work until they're paid human-level wages. Anger and recrimination on both sides of the picket line. Maybe enough to lead to a murder. And for your suspects from this, you have Fribble, the kobold labor union organizer and true believer in the cause. Through hard work, he's gotten all the mine spirits to stop all work until they get the same pay and respect as human workers would get. You also have Millie Holbeck, human, former overseer of the mines, now unemployed and angry drunk. She's pissed off the kobolds are taking jobs from her human crew. Is she angry enough to do something about it? And finally, Vivian Calder, the victim's estranged wife a member of a notorious crime family who was trying to build herself a life in legitimate business. But when she found Calder was stepping out on her, she went right back to the mob. And for our crime, we have With the Fishes. The Crime. When Farouk al-Ghamdi opened his fishmonger shop, he found the victim's dead body floating in a large tank that he used to store live lobsters and crabs. The victim had drowned in the tank, which was locked from the outside. An ogre named Fisheye had recently set up an illegal gambling joint in Farouk's storage room. Farouk never agreed to this. He tried to protest, but Fisheye threatened to break his every limb. Farouk hoped that if he doesn't anger the ogre, he won't get beaten into a pulp. So he keeps his mouth shut and lets Fisheye use the back room. Farouk isn't the only one who's unhappy with Fisheye. The local crime syndicate had granted that neighborhood to a murderous water sprite named Jenny Hanover. And she doesn't like anyone earning a profit in an area without her getting a cut of it. She's threatened Fisheye before, but not acted yet. So for our suspects here, we have Jenny Hanover, a undine water spirit, who works for the local criminal syndicate and claims territory surrounding Farouk's shop. Hanover was implicated, but never convicted of drowning several men in the river nearby. Fisheye, an ogre exiled from the fairy kingdoms. Ogres are violent and stupid and kill on a whim, but even an ogre is smart enough to dispose of a body far from their home, aren't they? And Farouk al-Ghamdi, a human seafood merchant caught up in the world of crime beyond his control. He's nervous that he'll be arrested for the casino in his back room, but he's more afraid of angering the ogre that runs it, so he keeps his mouth shut. So, first things first, a couple things that we need to get out of the way. For our dice, my digital dice on Roll20 will be my Noir dice. And this metal dice in the actual real world will be my Noir dice. Finally, I will be using my actual deck of playing cards because I find Roll20 is way too finicky to set that up. So, setting up our tableau at first. How unfortunate, I did pull a King and a Joker So I had to put those back. All right. So for our first tableau, we have the five of clubs, the five of spades, the six of diamonds, the seven of hearts, the nine of hearts, the ten of diamonds. And for our first roll, we got two fives. Outstanding. So that means that the nine of hearts will be our first question, but we will also be removing Fribble, the union leader, as a
1: suspect so diving right on in god i hate this town every day just another sign of depravity and hatred and you would think that you would think that with the presence of the magical that we wouldn't have to worry about these things but it doesn't help anything just last week the kobolds announced that they were going on strike and what happens today I get woken up with a message that I need to go to some fish market and find that the miner who was in charge of the operation that the cobalt were striking against was found face first in a lobster tank now, ain't that just a perfect kettle of fish right there of course the first place I went to was gonna be to the union organizer, after all that would be the prime suspect right there talking with this fribble character tried to find out what secret he had and what he might know apparently apparently part of the problem is that some money kept disappearing from the mine and it seems to be tied with the it seems to be tied with one of the mobs now this makes for some interesting issues as there's a lot of mob connections going on right now. We had Calder's ex-wife, with her strong connections. Word has it that she ran back to you know, she ran back to those connections when Calder started having a little bit of hanky panky on the side. Then, of course, you got you got old Hanover, who's the local boss in charge of the neighborhood in which Calder's body was found, and this low-level punk Fish Eyes, who seemed to be running some sort of operation that was irritating everybody on all sides. So, it's hard to say which which crime organization was taking a little off the top. But there were plenty of it going around. Regardless of the regardless of the issue, while talking with Fribble, he was with the he was with the picket lines all night. You know, one thing about them balls they don't need a whole lot of sleep. They just They just stayed up all night picketing and shouting. And there are at least a dozen witnesses on both sides who can attest to the fact that Fribble was there. So it looks like we're going to have to go back to the drawing board. It's not going to be as open and shut as I was hoping.
0: All right, and as I have removed a card from my tableau, I need to draw another card to replace it, and I got myself the Two of Diamonds. But before moving on, before moving on, I do need to make a roll. I forgot to do that beforehand. I apologize. We're going to go with Noir Tone. Since I did bring up the mob in this, we're going to go with our Noir Tone. And we're looking for a one. And I got a four. So my danger is going to go up to two. So like I said, when that happens, make sure you include something in your scene that increases the danger. We're dealing with three different like criminal organizations here though. So I think I think you will allow me to just say that that all in itself is pretty dangerous. All right. So moving on to our next question. All right. I rolled a three and a three outstanding. So that is going to be another, that is going to be another suspect cleared. So first of all, that is going to be our five of spades. We'll get to that question in just a second. The suspect who will be cleared is Millie Hoback. The former the former overseer and now angry drunk. And for her, I really want to roll fairy, but I have a feeling that she would not be too pleased with the fairies either. So we're gonna have to roll another we're gonna have to roll another noir tone for this. It doesn't seem in character that somebody who lost their job to a fairy tale creature would then go to the fairy dive bars. Alright, but I rolled a 2, so that meets my danger and means that my danger doesn't go up. Which means that we can just answer the question. So the Five of Spades.
1: When and where did this suspect last see the victim alive? I tracked down old mini Holback, former foreman at the at the mine. At least before Calder started hiring all the kobolds a little difficult to find her at first until I heard about the tap she's been running up in all the local dives in the area. So it was just a process of elimination from there. Find a place with cheap drinks and dark corners and just start checking them off for where she has and hasn't used up all her credit. I did manage to track her down at the dirty shaft where she was just practically asleep at the bar took a little bit of coaxing but i finally got her to answer some questions but it seems that since calder fired her a couple months ago she hasn't been near any of that spot since in fact the barkeep at the shaft said that she hasn't even moved from that chair for more than a bathroom break in three days so we can knock her off of this suspect list. Even trying to find out when the last time she saw the victim didn't prove to be anything. After all, she hadn't seen in her words the dirty rotten rat since he let her go. Looks like I'm gonna have to Looks like I'm gonna have to focus on them mob boys and girls after all. Alright, so
0: join our new card, we get the Eight of Hearts. And now we are going to roll for our new scene. Yo, I swear to God, I have never rolled this good. Like, I could not match rolls if I was trying. In any game where matching rolls matter. And in this game, I have rolled a triple doubles. So, that was two fours. And uh, so four is going to be fisheye. We're dealing with fisheye and the seven of hearts. So, we'll find that question here in a second. But the bright side is... We can definitely roll on our fairy tone for this one. And we got a one, which matches our tribulation. So that is not going up.
1: And then for our question, why was the victim afraid of the suspect? With the more normal members of society being quickly ruled out, the only thing I could do would be to start going after the the mob members. But decided to start with the small fries first after all, one tends to live longer if you can find a way to uh, prove it was the low men on the totem pole before you start going after the bosses so that led me up to fisheye and let me tell you fisheye was a fisheye was a big boy not gonna lie to y'all there i was a uh, I was a little nervous just even talking to the ogre. I knew he had that effect on people. As I was questioning him, he did say something about how he owed a favor he owed a favor to someone and they requested that he go and have a little chat with Mr. Culver. And I mean it wouldn't take much more than just fisheye walking up to cause a man to be intimidated of him but Fisheye did say that he had some sort of some sort of powder he was asked to give and so he walked up and he growled and according to him he walked up he growled in calver's face and blew this powder in it and watched as the man shrieked with terror and ran off but that was two days that was two nights before the murder as for the night of the murder fisheye seemed to have been taking a break from his normal game in the back of farouk's shop and instead was partaking in a little bit of uh, a little bit of pleasure, a little bit of uh, letting off some steam down in one of the other local establishments. Again, he's got plenty of alibis to back him up, and these are the type of alibis who are pretty fairly reliable after all. Nobody lies for free, and judging from the uh, judging from the look of Fisheye and from the reports of his games, he wasn't making enough to buy that much loyalty from that clientele. All right, and we pulled another seven, a seven
0: of clubs. Okay, I'm going to roll my physical die first, and then my digital die. Just see how much of a jinx is on this as I set up my next scene. That is a one. God damn, that is another one. So Vivian Calder, the ex-wife, is also going to be innocent. Let's do another fairy roll on this, and that is another one which matches my tribulation. So that doesn't go up. And we can proceed on as normal. Alright, so for the two of diamonds, how might this suspect benefit from the crime being committed? Well, that's an easy one. The
1: next stop at the after Fish Eye was with the ex-wife. Now, she certainly has the easiest alibi of all. After all, Calver was walking around on her. And on paper, he certainly ran a profitable organization on top of that having a mining operation might be quite the boom for some of the mobs around the area very easy to explain sudden wealth if you have a mine all of a sudden you have a sudden influx of gold well that's just because your miner struck a nice vein so she certainly had a lot to benefit from she certainly had a lot to benefit from Calder disappearing and quietly dying however seems that she had started to move on as well when going to conduct the interview i found her with a i found her with a new man or well a new elf and it seems as if they had gotten pretty chummy in the past couple weeks now fairy magic it does a lot but one thing that you can count on with elves is that an elf is not going to attack you first they will defend a slight they will defend a, they will defend themselves, but they're not going to attack you. They're not going to lie to you. After all, what point would it make, especially to a human? These elves—they live for centuries. What does it matter what one little decades-long lifespan means? And apparently, former Mrs. Calder had been spending the last week on vacation with this elf touring some of the local vineyards and once again i've run into another dead end all right so
0: drawing our new card we got another two so that can go right there on the end all right and because this is a solo game and play solo games however you want i have found a satisfying ending to this story a ending that i like that i'm not going to roll for because at this point i can only make anything everything more complicated and just pad
1: the runtime to this episode. We're just gonna jump right to the end, and what our final accusation is gonna be. You know, there's been one person I've been ignoring this entire time, little guy who seems to be seems to have been put in a tight spot. You know, just trying to make a business, trying to make a living. Strikes going on, mob moving in and taking over a shop. Almost got away with it. We were so focused on the mob that we forgot about him. But Farouk just seemed to want his shop back. And what better way, what better way than to reclaim his shop with the least amount of confrontation possible than to take care of this controversial minor. After all, all the all the suspects are built in. The union could have done it. The mob likely did it. You know, and if we had focused on the mob like we ended up doing, that would lead us down several pathways that would have eventually led to fisheye clearing out. Either through arrest or promotion. It was a good plan. I almost admire the man for the plan. Just one thing he never took into account is that soon as you get blood on your hands, that's it. There's not much more you can do with your life. Especially in this case, as he's about to spend the rest of his life making big rocks into small rocks. And that is Fairyland
0: Confidential. This is a great game. This is a brilliant game. I really enjoy this. This had so many fun little mechanics to it. I really enjoyed the... I definitely enjoyed the mechanics of how the suspects were built, how the questions were built, how you determined what suspects and what questions to ask. That was great. And that adds a lot of replayability to the game because even if you get the same cases, you're not necessarily going to get the same case. So that offers plenty of replayability. That offers plenty of chances for new things to happen. I'm not, Honestly, I'm not sure how I feel about the tone. The tone, like it's an interesting mechanic. I'm probably not good enough to pull it off. So that is definitely one, like that is definitely a mechanic where your mileage may vary. It might just be a case of you enjoy how that stuff works and you're good at switching between noir and fairy tales. Unfortunately, I grew up on the Disney versions and not the classic versions. So it is harder for me to go dark with the fairy tales. Like I can do it. I have been doing a lot of re-education you know especially thanks to thanks to other great programs like the myths and legends podcast that's a great podcast if you haven't heard it but still you know it's it's one of those when i think of fairy tales i immediately think of the disney versions so that definitely gives the fairy tone a lot lighter of a feeling to the noir so like i said for me hard to switch between those two tones but if you can do it great If you can't, whatever. You can still have fun with it. Like, you know, you just focus on on the more magical elements as opposed to the, you know, more stab-in-the-back elements. But, like I said, great game. Really, really fun mechanics. I definitely enjoyed that. I definitely enjoyed the different case files and how those all kind of work together. You know, it might be fun to see them write some more for a supplemental release that way you have some more stuff to draw on but the ones that you have definitely give you a lot of options and a lot of fun to play with for a while but that is fairyland confidential if you want to find it you can find it on itch for the low low price of name your own make sure you at least toss a dollar or two to the creator they're suggesting five so Make sure you at least toss them a couple. Make sure you let them know Steel Staff sent if you want to pick up the game. And to do that, you can go to nickwedig.itch.io slash fairyland dash confidential, or check the link down below. And while you're down below in the links, make sure you do check out the link for the holiday solo bundle, which is a bundle of 15 games, 15 solo games. For the low, low price of $30. That is $2 a game. Bunch of great creators in there. Several of which I have already featured on this program. And included in that, you will also find one of my games, Surveyors. If you want to know more about that game, you can check out the first episode of this podcast. Or don't. It was way, way back in the beginning times. And... I could probably definitely do it better now if I believed in doing reissues. But I don't, so it's kind of hard to do. But thank you for stopping by. And remember, I must ask y'all to stay awesome. You've been listening to Lonely TTRPG, the solo TTRPG live play and review. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. You can also reach us at Twitter at BDDC underscore pod or at Company at gmail.com. If you really like us, you can consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com
1: slash BlackDragonDungeonCompany. Thank you so much.